0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Chris Euler.
1: And
2: I am Heather Caro.
0: And we
1: are back in action after that brief little break. Uh, I've been talking a lot about exorcism and exorcists and uh, the power of God and crushing demons today. So uh, it's (laughs) been a good day, and uh, we're going to continue that trend. Why not? Yeah, you know what I mean? We we already started, (laughs) and I don't mind hearing victory stories of God squashing. Right. Uh, But we also have to understand That in order for something to be squashed and destroyed, we have to know and realize that there is evil out there.
2: Right. Not ignore it.
1: No. So uh, we are joined right now by Kristen Van Uden uh, from Sophia Press, who's going to talk to us about uh, a book that they're promoting. So, Kristen, welcome to the show.
3: Good morning. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. So, Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the book uh, and uh, who wrote it? Yeah.
3: Sure. So I am lucky in that my job consists of being the spokesperson for authors who cannot represent themselves. So basically a lot of our either dead or Italian authors, <laughs> sometimes ah. both at the same time,
1: wait, wait, uh, wait. Well, are either
3: it. foreign authors or... <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's <been>. hilarious.
3: Yes. <laughs> um, so basically I get to do these, these virtual book tours for our reprints. We have such a large amount of just history and material in the church's treasury that hasn't really seen the light of day sometimes centuries and hasn't been republished in a while so yeah. we bring in addition to our living authors um we bring these reprints to new generations of readers so that's what I get to do and it sounds like you had somebody else from Sophia Jordan on too so you'll have noticed that we have kind of a theme with some of our recent books. We have a lot of books on exorcisms. Uh, Father Amorth, we have, we published on Senior Rossetti. And also, a lot of books that I'm representing this month are about the apocalypse. So, I'm (laughs) going to be preparing a book, Wrath of God, which is about literary treatments of the apocalypse. So, somewhat dark material, but it's a good reminder just before Holy Week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Dies Ray, huh? (laughs)
3: That's (laughs) right. Dare dare I say.
1: (laughs) Right. So, right. what? Tell us about the book, uh, "Evidence of Satan in the Modern World." Who wrote it, and uh, mm-hmm. what's what's the what's the
3: gist? Sure. So, this book was originally published in French in 1959 and saw its first English edition in 1961. And so, take the word "modern" in in that sense, in that mm-hmm. kind of time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but still pretty contemporary. It was published by Monsignor Leon Christiani. He was a French priest who was somewhat of an expert on the the darker side of the world and an expert on spiritual warfare. He has another book that has been reprinted by Sophia called Who is the Devil? That's kind of a more basic introduction. And this one is particularly fascinating to me, Evidence of Satan in the Modern World, because it is largely comprised of these case studies that he either collected from his time as a priest from uh, publications at the time, and also from anecdotes collected from other priest friends of his. So it includes examples of some exorcisms that I had never heard of before, a few in Italy, um, one in the desert in Africa, and also examples from the lives of the saints as well. So it's, it's intended for those who have somewhat of a firm grasp on the basic realities of spiritual warfare. They understand what an exorcism is, why we would have a need for that, and the various tricks and tools that the devil uses. And he gives us these really compelling, it reads like a novel almost, case studies of mostly liberations, but some, unfortunately, who uh, were not liberated because they did not seek help. Mm. And this really was coming at the perfect time because Right in the mid-20th century, the century was pretty much recovering from the spiritualist movement, which was very popular at the turn of the 20th century. So this is when the Ouija board became popular. Seances were considered almost a parlor game, so something that people would do just for fun. Um, this is the writings of the occultists such as Madame Blavatsky, one of the founders of the spiritualist school, were really sorting, uh, sort of starting to break through into just general day-to-day lexicon of the average person. So um, Monsignor and writers of his time are really providing these invaluable resources for those who might have just fallen into this, not out of any sort of malice, but just out of curiosity. And we know that curiosity about these things can be a vice, if it leads you to break the First Commandment. So Mm. he's kind of staring us straight with these stories, um, but also providing some evidence against the skeptics, those who think that, all tales of the devil or of exorcisms are, you know, medieval exaggerations and that such a thing cannot exist in the modern day of science. So that's where this aspect of these stories being from the modern world really becomes important.
1: It's interesting you brought up the modern world of science, right? It's so mm-hmm. uh fascinating. Um I I I I'm working through my masters in Catholic studies right now and nice. uh A lot of what we talk about is, I I love it, Mm -hmm. because we get to just, like, look at the modern world and be like, we're so empirical, we're so messed up, Mm -hmm. that we can't see beyond the reality before our eyes. Mm. And uh, that's a problem, right? That causes issues in our (laughs) spiritual life. And, of course, we see the world as, as we see civilization, Western civilization is not really doing so hot right now. No. So... It's evident though that Satan is active. He's working and we're 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 blind to it. You know, even in in, in studies and those who are hardcore catholics, we oftentimes mm-hmm. are blind to it, right? And so how does the book explore like what are some examples of the book exploring demonic activity and then on the other side how do we guard against it?
3: Yeah, so it's a great point that in our age this materialist, empirical obsession really has kind of closed the doors to so many lines of inquiry and just to the whole study of metaphysics, for example, or anything that is not in the material realm, and that's really uh, quite impoverished our scholarship just as a society, Mm -hmm. but also presents a unique challenge to uh, what we know about communicating the truths of the Church. And so one aspect of the book that I think addresses this head-on is that in each section, he includes this subsection called proofs where i'm reading from page 101 right now monsignor says it is reasonable to require some proof of such a statement let us consider what documentary evidence exists and then he goes through in this particular case of this exorcism in france um, which was right at the turn of the 19th century he goes through first person witnesses who were party to uh, the man's life before he became possessed and then Next, he presents a medical certificate signed in 1843 um, and goes on to really cover that medical side of things. And as we know today from hearing from modern exorcists, this component of mental health is very much a part of their examination process before they will move on to take steps in spiritual warfare. So we see the, the groundwork being laid for this thorough investigation to discount any and all possible medical causes or psychological causes for these problems that are afflicting these people. And so I think that gives a lot of confidence, not only to Catholics who who know these things to be true, but also to those on the outside who are considering, you know, um, what the causes of these evil may be, but are maybe skeptical of the Church. And I think it's important to remember that, a possession or something that dramatic is kind of the devil's last resort because it is very material, right? It is very obvious because there are physical manifestations. So you can tell someone all day about sin and they'll ignore you because that's in the moral realm and they can write it off as fake or whatever. But when they're having these experiences with Poltergeist or something like that. It's kind of hard to ignore. So, yeah. The devil, it does. You know, as we know, wants to hide his existence. That's so a great victory to get people to believe he doesn't exist. And so, when he's taking those great steps, there's always the risk that that will actually turn into a conversion because people will be unable to deny the existence of good and evil anymore, and that will lead them on this journey of discovery.
1: Absolutely, that's a that's a lot there. <laughs> I know. Wow. <laughs> And that's a, it's real, right? yeah. That's our that's the spiritual life that we're working against and fighting against. And so, um,
2: well, and what? I think the key to that is that what she what you said, Kristen, is that mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be known. He he yeah. doesn't want us to know that right. he exists. He's trying to hide his evidence so that people mm-hmm. continue to follow what he wants.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
3: and it's, yeah, exactly, and one example from the book that really drives this home is the life of St. John Mariziani and mm. he would be assaulted by the devil, as happens with very saintly people like Padre Pio. Late at night, the devil would bother him with all sorts of activity, and he would notice that after one of these bouts, it would always have a positive effect, because the next day, someone would show up to confess his sins, who maybe hadn't been there in years or had fallen away from the faith, and so he came to start to refer to these people as big fish,
0: <laughs> which is yeah. kind of
3: cute. Um, he would be attacked at night, and the people around him would be concerned, but he was like, don't worry, this means we'll catch a big fish tomorrow. And so he could see there that the devil was sort of having a tantrum and reacting mm-hmm. against the great spiritual benefits that he would actually be gaining through going through this suffering.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful.
3: Well, and I think
2: every, and you've probably experienced this, uh, you know, with the work that you do, but like every good organization has its trials. Absolutely. And it's just like, oh my gosh, we're going through another trial. Here we go. We yeah. Yeah. must be we must be on to something good. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to thing. shut it's, us down.
1: Yeah, with RPR too, like you, yeah. know, you guys have grown and developed, like Yeah. there's definitely anything good right. and true and beautiful. Yeah. Is attacked. I
3: know. It's like you level up and then it's where people are afraid to become holy sometimes, right? <laughs> Right. can't handle any more challenges. It's too
2: late. I already know too much. <laughs> exactly.
1: <Right. laughs> exactly. So, you know, in our world today, right, we see a lot of this uh, indifference, right? Uh, your religion, atheism, it's growing. Uh, and so how do we... Uh, See, uh, we're actually gonna take. Yeah, a Yeah, we have
2: to take a break. I
1: I compl- <laughs> I got so into this. I know. I can like,
2: see that. <laughs> uh, my,
1: but we'll take a little break, and then when we come back, I've got I've got another question, and we're gonna uh, dive on in into this excellent uh, topic that we're diving into. So don't go anywhere.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, both financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Father Beau Braun from the Diocese of Duluth. It's my second year anniversary
1: as a priest today, so I figured it's a good time to talk a little bit about priesthood and my favorite part about being a priest. You know, it's intense because you just think about where the priest stands. The priest stands, he stands in the place of Jesus Christ. He stands in between the people and God and God. Uh, that place is a there's an intensity of life and there's an intensity of love there and uh, you know I was thinking about the I think the best times as a priest are those moments where God lets you feel that intensity you know so the mass I would say is the, is the highest point obviously because in the mass it's the is most intense prayer from the son to the father and I'm caught, caught up in the middle of that but yet I, I give all of that love then to the people and uh, all through my my ordinary and, and very little heart.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, folks. I'm Chris
1: Euler.
2: And I am Heather Caro.
1: And we are here with Kristen Van Uden from Sophia Institute Press talking about some of their re release books uh, uh, with Dead Guys and Italians, right? That's what, she, that's what she said, her words, right? From Dead Guys and Italians. Uh, this oh, one's. Up. I love it. <laughs> Evidence of Satan in the Modern World. So, I, uh. I just had to say that. I that just, was funny. I'm a big fan. I love Italian right. people, and I have lots of <laughs> Italian friends. And, uh, and if you
2: want to know what he's talking about, just go back and listen to the beginning exactly. of the episode.
1: Exactly. <laughs> on the podcast, on the Real Presence Radio, Radio Network. 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 Whoop, whoop. Plug it in, <laughs> and plug it in. All right. So, Kristen, uh, thanks for being on again. Once again, it's been mm-hmm. great chatting with you and talking about some of the insights of this book. Um, and so, before we, the break, I was really pondering this idea of, you know, how the world has been so indifferent to religion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The nuns. A, the nuns, yes. Yeah. N-O-N-E-S is, is my dear friend, Bishop Barron. Uh, not dear friend. I call him a friend, but we don't know each other. I wow, name
3: dropping.
2: Yeah, I know
1: him. He doesn't know me. Um, <laughs> right, but the the nuns that he, uh, that's a coin, a term that he coined, and yeah. there's, that is growing. Yeah. And so how do we see, you know, how can this book maybe point to, um this occurrence.
2: Yeah, I think it relates.
1: Big time. Yeah, it relates big time. Yeah. Yeah, so what are some insights we can gain?
3: Yeah, I think, well, when this was written, and we were briefly talking about this in the breakout, 1959, 1961, this is still very much in the throes of the, the world's recovery from World War II, right? Mm, and yeah. then from the, the scourge of communism globally, so... The 20th century, it, for anyone who doubts the existence of good and evil, all you need ah. to do is look at the 20th century <laughs> bloodbath um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. kind of make that point obvious. But, the yeah, I mean, there's so many intellectual underpinnings underneath the, the reason for the collapse of faith. Uh, the heresy of modernism, which was popular in the 19th century, which St. Pius X calls the synthesis of all heresies. Promoted the sort of religious indifferentism where you can kind of you know it's a relativism, it's a metaphysical relativism almost, and that of course trickles down and becomes an ethical relativism. Um, I think yes, there's a lot of there are a lot of reasons people lose their faith. The the vast uh, sort of flight from the church and in the sixties after Vatican II when that went awry and there was just a lot of just confusion about what the faith actually was and. Uh, a lot of doctrine seem to be turned on their heads, cause a lot of confusion for people. And I think uh, there are many reactions to evil. So you, you read inspiring stories of people throughout World War II and beyond who even became martyrs and, and used it to gain great graces. But others, it's easy to become disillusioned, right? Um, it reminds me of that family that's just been beatified from Poland for um, sheltering Jews in their home who were all caught and killed, and I saw this online the other day that this is one of the first unborn babies that is being considered for sainthood in this way, because uh, she was killed along with her family, and is is like, she considered a martyr, which (laughs) is amazing to think of. So we see these great extremes during the times of of war and of persecution, and unfortunately, many people go to the other extreme, where they become nihilists, and they doubt the existence of meaning at all, Mm. because of how could how could a good God allow this evil to exist? That classic, time, time worn question. So, the way that this book, I mean, this book actually does address the Second World War directly. Uh, Monsignor talks about <clears throat> collective possession, and this is very interesting. And and I've read this analysis of this kind of more from a sociological perspective, especially because I study communism for my own research. But he discusses how there's almost this hypnotism. Uh, this hypnotism that took over, which is especially obvious in the cult-like nature of Nazi Germany, and then the cult of personality that surrounded communist leaders, it became almost a, a substitute religion. And he definitely forwards the theory that there was a demonic element towards that, that no longer were temptations just at the, the individual level, but there was this sort of frenzied, collective demonic possession, which is terrifying to think of, but really one of the best explanations I've really heard for the, the really unprecedented insanity of the 20th century. And I think it's just continuing.
2: I mean, the, yes. all that you were mm-hmm. talking about, you know, happening, in, you know, in the 50s and 60s and whatever, I'm like sitting here thinking, it sounds like you could be talking about today.
3: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, these forces have not stopped and they've only kind of gotten worse. In some places, they've become more subtle. But I think all of us living in the West we'd be grateful that we're not in physically war torn countries, but there's no denying that the culture war is is exacting this, this strong pressure, albeit in different ways. Right? Like every yeah. every day it seems when you go out, you have to be countercultural <laughs> just mm-hmm. to live the faith. Um, it's just the basic tenets of the faith are no longer considered acceptable by mm-hmm. society. So it's sort of a white martyrdom on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it it preaches a unique challenge to us uh, as Christians who desire to live it and perpetuate it. And uh, I mean, we're truly in an apostolic age, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We're definitely back to that licentiousness and brokenness of the pre-Christian Roman Empire, yeah. and it's a little bit more difficult, so it seems, with all the voices and influences. So,
2: I'm up for the challenge. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Praise, Jesus. Praise be Jesus
1: Christ, huh? Now and forever. All right. <laughs> so,
2: Kristen, tell us a little bit more about the book, the name of the author, where people can find it.
3: Sure. So the book, again, is called Evidence of Satan in the Modern World. It's by Monsignor Leon Cristiani, and it's available right at com.
2: Beautiful. Any last thoughts that you'd like to to let our listeners know about the book?
3: I think this one is just a great book to have in your library if you're interested whatsoever in spiritual warfare, because for me, individual stories always stick in my memory more than more, you know, like Mm -hmm. scholarly analyses or things based on statistics. And so while those are important, and while you should certainly have that foundation... These stories, as chilling as they are, are also inspiring, and there's something that will stay with you um, that I think will be exemplary. So, this is why the lives of the saints and reading biographies for me has been particularly effective. And then, in my own research, I, I research the lives of individual people. So, in the huge swath of history, especially the huge swaths of salvation history, it's really great to be able to come back to these anchors. And, for example, that story from St. John. Uh, Marie Vianney, that's something that will stick with me for for years, I think. So, there are many examples of those in the book, and I think it would be a really memorable one to have.
2: Well, and I think, too, it's not just stories of, you know, these possessions, whatever, but it's also the victory stories, like yeah. Chris said at the beginning. Exactly.
3: Yep. Yeah. Right. So. It shows that God is in control, um, that no matter, the devil is on a leash, as St. Vianney said, the dog is on a leash. That's how he referred to him. So we yeah. never have to have this
2: inordinate
1: fear. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. That's a wonderful way mm-hmm. to kind of wrap this interview up. We don't need to have that fear.
2: Nope.
1: So, thank you so much, Kristen, for being on, for sharing the great gift of this book, for the work you do with Sophia. Um, it's helping definitely transform souls and transform lives. So thank you for what you do.
3: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: You bet. Well, Thanks, you have Kristen. a wonderful day.
3: You too.
2: Take care. All right, heavy show, but yeah, that's it. It's (laughs) it.
1: It was a gift. It was beautiful, right? I I uh, I, I'm excited about it. It was good stuff, and I. uh,
2: And sometimes the things that we're most scared to look at. Mm. We just need to look at, oh, and, then, yeah. and then it takes all the power away from it. Exactly. You know, and that's kind of where I'm walking away from. Not that I was afraid of it, but just when we both looked at the topic, we're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little heavy, but <sighs> hey. Hey.
1: God's doing the lifting. Amen. So,
2: Well, we're going to head on up to Fargo, and Rachel is going to let us know what's happening on Thursday's show. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. On the next Real Presence Live, Thursday, from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Roxanne Solomon and Aaron Bosch are your hosts, coming to you live from the Fargo studio. They'll be speaking with Marlene Watkins about her book, Everyday Miracles of Lords, and John Hansen will be speaking about South Dakota abortion laws. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday, from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. All right, thanks, Rachel. There you
1: go. John Hansen, he's leading the charge here in South Dakota for uh, some... Yeah. Some uh
2: radical bills that are trying to be passed.
1: Yes, yeah, so he's helping the fight back, which is beautiful to see. So what a gift that we've had in today's show and mm-hmm. hope uh those of you who listened are encouraged and know that God is in control and we have nothing to fear and uh we have to be aware of evil, but Yeah. God is not under it.
2: every rock. Exactly. I love that thought. That's a great quote. I, I was very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So if you missed any of the shows or any of our shows, any of our guests this morning, you can always check out our app. It's free to download, mm-hmm. and you can get all our podcasts on there. Or you can go to realpresenceradio.com and also pick it up wherever you get your podcasts. Just yeah. put Real Presence Live into your list, and you can get updated whenever we post new ones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. It's a good way to take your local faith with you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. There you go.
2: Well, Chris, it was a joy hosting with you this morning. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Same. It was Holy great. Holy Week next week. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. I I feel like yesterday we were in the middle of a blizzard on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
1: yeah. it's crazy how fast it went. So but.
2: with two little ones, do you get to go to all of the services that happen?
1: Um, uh, <laughs> You're well, like,
2: the day will tell.
1: Yeah. Thursday, we're <laughs> heading up to Bismarck to the the Euler family. Good. So Thursday, I don't know. We'll go we'll Friday. Uh, good Friday is uh, for sure. Thursday might be up in the air. Depends on travel plans. Yeah. You know? Yep. But of course, yeah, Good Friday, and then of course, I mean, have to go on Easter. You know. Yeah, of course. So, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Good.
2: Well, blessings on the rest of your Lent, Chris. Thank you.
1: Thanks to you. Enjoy hosting with you. absolutely. All right. Rock and roll. Well, God bless all you listeners as well. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your Lent and a fruitful Easter as it's coming up. And uh,
2: don't forget to pray for our priests.
1: Yes, exactly, Father Lampert. Pray for our priests. Pray for our priests. It's a great gift. So, all right, everyone, have a wonderful day, and thank you for tuning in to Real Presence Live.